0: Are you the king of the Jews, the governor asked? That's our theme verse from Matthew 27, verse 11 for this week's Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Senior Pastor Perry Duggar starts a new series called Easter Artifacts. This week's episode, Symbols of Royalty. Our spiritual practice this week, write Jesus is King on a note card. Reflect on this truth throughout the week and ask God to show you what this means for your life. If you wanna watch the video of this week's message, listen to worship or search through our message archives, Visit brookwoodchurch.org slash watch or download the Brookwood Church app and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We pray this message encourages you and your walk with Christ.
1: Is Jesus an overcomer in your life? What has he overcome? Think about overcome you. That's usually the first thing that needs overcoming. Uh, We enter our Easter series, um, and we will learn over the next four weeks how Jesus overcame so many things, opposition, sin, us, our own sins. But as I begin, I want to... uh, Thank you, church family. Um, Many of you know that uh, my grandchild was born January 29th, very ill, is in NICU, and um, many of you, many of you are praying for him. You send us texts, you send us emails, um, you've taken meals to my daughter Evan, my son-in-law Andrew, uh, and you have just loved us well as the family of God. Um, we gathered for prayer a few weeks ago. We saw some great improvements in, his, in Graham's condition. Uh, we are not out of the woods. We are essentially at the Red Sea, and we'll learn likely tomorrow whether he will have to go on dialysis. So I urge you to, if you would, to continue to pray, those of you that are praying, uh, we trust God, and God is good regardless of what happens. God, he, and he overcomes. That doesn't mean he overcomes every issue we want changed in our lives here. I see some new faces. I would love to spread, spread out some kisses this morning. I I suspect this would not be the service to do that. But I want to say this, and I hope, please judge me by 28 years. Let's don't let fear of illness stop us from loving each other and serving God. Okay, today we begin a series I'm calling Easter Artifacts. I urge you to read the story, the Easter story, the arrest, the trial, the conviction, the execution, the resurrection of Jesus, in it's in, found in all four Gospels. I'll use two of the Gospels this morning primarily, but the word artifact, which is the, the series name, Easter Artifacts, an artifact is a handmade object and it might be a tool, a weapon, an ornament, it could be a cloth or a textile, something that a person fashioned and it reveals information about a particular time or a certain situation especially from the distant past. Artifacts are often the subject of archaeological digs but we have to understand and agree that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't gathered randomly so that everything that is mentioned is done so deliberately by God. Now, we're holding the English translation, and so it was the the Greek and the Hebrew that were directly inspired as the autographs, the first copies. But even so, our, our translations, our English versions are very good and very close in most instances. So whatever is mentioned, as well as what's not mentioned, is intentional you know, at the end of John it says, if everything Jesus had written was, was recorded, there wouldn't be enough books to hold all the, a library big enough to hold all the books. So, it's appropriate to study everything in a text to discern what's God's intent, what information is being conveyed. So, we reflect on them to discern God's message And so, we will think about the spiritual and the practical meanings of these objects and these items throughout this series on the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Today's theme, if you have your uh, outline printed or if you're looking online at our resources, is really a question. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor, and what was his name? Pilate. Pilate. Not pilot like in a plane. P I L A T E. Pilate asked, Are you the king of the Jews? And the items that I'm dealing with today that are included in today's passage are the crown of thorns, the reed, and the robe, which reveal. Jesus as sovereign king. Now we're going to consider some characteristics of the kingdom of Jesus, who is our Christ. The kingdom of Jesus first is ridiculed in our world, in this world. Jesus was tried for insurrection before Pilate. But understand, that was not the accusation of the religious leaders. What were they accusing Jesus of? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. They had a religious accusation, but they knew that, that the Romans weren't concerned about their religious grievance against Jesus. So they were charging him with insurrection. And Pilate publicly declared that Jesus was innocent several times. But he wanted to avoid an uprising which would be reported to Caesar. So he yielded to the pressure of Roman leaders, had Jesus flogged and turned him over to Roman soldiers to be crucified. It's amazing what people will do. For self preservation, in it. Lord, deliver us from that. We'll be in Matthew 27, beginning at verse 27. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment of 600 soldiers. Now, why did they call out all these other soldiers? They wanted an audience. Bullies want an audience. Have you noticed that? Bullies want an audience. So they gathered this crowd and then they put on their show. Now, Pilate thought Jesus was innocent, as I've said. And it's reported a number of times. But, Pilate was a cruel and a merciless man who didn't initiate But allowed these soldiers to abuse Jesus but not kill him because he needed to be executed by Rome. People who are not guided by inner integrity but by external pressures are dangerous people. They're dangerous people. And that's true in Jesus' day and it is very true today. Pilate was more interested in self-preservation than in in providing justice for Jews. Lord, deliver us from this, that we would care more about what our friends said than what is just. So killing Jesus, see, even unjustly, would eliminate a potential problem for him. Let's get him out of the way, innocent or not innocent. Verse 28, so the soldiers stripped him. They put a scarlet robe on him. It was likely just a robe owned by another of the soldiers. Now, it's interesting that Mark and John report the robe as purple, so it was sort of and they're kind of in the same color family, but they're not exactly the same. So it appears that Mark and John are really highlighting this, that this robe is indicating royalty by the color. They, waved the, they wove thorn branches into a crown and put, his, put it on his head, which mimicked a king's headwear. And they placed a reed stick In his right hand. As a scepter. And a scepter. That that a king's hold is a symbol of his. Authority and his power. Then. They knelt before him. In mockery. And taunted him. Hail. King of the Jews. And they spit on him. And they grabbed the stick and they struck him on the head with it. The head which was now bleeding and swollen from being pierced by the thorns. And he'd already been slapped and abused. According to John 19, it even says that they struck him with their fists. Can you conceive of that? Striking the Son of God. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, people, you know, the laughter fell down. You know how a bully will keep going as long as people keep laughing. But when they thought, okay, we've seen enough of this. This guy's dying. I mean, after a while, it's, it's it's not funny. It's not entertaining anymore. So they finally quit. And they took off the robe and they put his own clothes on him again. And then they led him away to be crucified. Now, the torment was wicked. But was it from personal hatred? What do you think? No. No. It's it's likely these soldiers may not have even been Romans. They may have actually been Syrians who were conscripted to serve Here in Jerusalem. So they could speak the language that the Hebrews spoke. They wouldn't, they weren't allowed to conscript Jews to serve as Roman soldiers, but they could gather soldiers from any other country. So these may have actually been Syrians, not Romans, although they were serving as Roman soldiers. But but this was not personal hatred by these soldiers, it was entertainment. The soldiers were ignorant of Jesus' identity. They were just just cruel men abusing a convicted criminal. And these men mocked and mistreated the Son of God. But look what they were doing. Their ridicule reflected the true identity of Jesus. Jesus. Because Jesus was indeed a king and one day he would be a king that would rule and subdue all of his enemies to include these soldiers. King Jesus is disrespected in our culture. His name is is interesting. It, It is used to express Don't slide back. I've had corona months ago, and I'm completely healed. I had two days of <laughs> And his name is used to express a range of emotions that include anger and irritation, but some people use his name in humor, in enjoyment, in laughter. Is, haven't you heard that? This is the name. Of our king. We wouldn't use each other's name. That flippantly. His rule. Is ridiculed. When people. Mock his moral standards. As as misplaced. Narrow minded. Uninformed. Intolerant. Unrealistic. To expect people to. Be moral. Even ridiculous. Ridiculous. Out of touch. It's an interesting statement isn't it, to say that, that God is out of touch. And yet our culture is rife with that belief that God in his word is out of touch. That the practices of our culture are what's right. Even among professing Christians, his word is often seen not as the command of a king but just the suggestion of a a wise, benevolent, moral person, a teacher, who can, you know, be accepted or rejected as we wish. Because who's the king? Who? We live as though we're the king, don't we? And Christ makes suggestions to us. But we make the final decision. And we rule our own lives. If, if, if we are Jesus' obedient followers, we will be mocked and mistreated. I mean, many of you have. But when you're minimized or made fun of, have you learned to regard that as being blessed? Sometimes, look at Matthew 5. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. And look at this. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When you are ridiculed not for being arrogant, for being godly, you are experiencing and displaying the kingdom of God. You say, well, they don't see that. That's the Spirit's business. Y'all, we got to understand that what the Spirit does is what is eternal and what matters. And then it continues. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil things against you because you're my followers. That happened to anyone? Well, what this says is you're in a good place. So why were you complaining? No, God doesn't need to be defended. We just state truth. God does the defending. You don't actually have to defend truth either, by the way. You just declare truth. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. But see, what's got to happen is we have to have our sense of self be focused on on what God thinks, not what our friends think. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. It's not, it's not natural. But unless I misread this Bible, none of you are natural. You are supernatural is what I read. So why are we acting all with our lips poked out and, oh, I got my feelings hurt? And the Bible says you are being blessed and you'll be rewarded in heaven and you're walking around here worried about some idiot at the next desk that on earth. Well, is that, am I missing something? I've been gone a couple of weeks. Maybe I'm, Maybe I'm missing something. So will we... Endure ridicule and even suffering for Christ's sake. Assured a future reward and pleasing God. You ready to do it? I'm not I'm never, don't, because I say it, don't ever think I say this is easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's true. The kingdom of Jesus is realized, and by realized I mean here experienced spiritually. Now I just told you that the Jewish leaders, they weren't concerned about what, about what the Romans thought about blasphemy. They knew they didn't care about that. So they told Pilate, they stressed this, Jesus is acting like he's king. Well, he didn't go around saying he was king. The people were saying he was king. Because they wanted Pilate to think he was trying to overthrow Roman rule and establish himself as ruler. And that was a threat the governor would not overlook. So this conversation that I'm going to move us to John chapter 18... And this conversation actually occurs before the one I just dealt with, just before the soldiers put on the robe and the crown of thorns and handed him the reed. So, John eighteen thirty-three, we begin. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Now, here's the way he said it. He was was really incredulous and he was arrogant here and he was sarcastic. So, it was really emoted more like this. Are you the king of the Jews? You can't tell it in the tone. But it's almost like he said, you, are you the king of the Jews? If so, why are you dressed like that? Where are your followers? Do you have an army? But Pilate is attempting to determine whether Jesus was indeed a threat to Roman power. And Jesus replied, Is this your own question, or did others tell you about me? Now, why do you ask it that way? Here's why. Because if it's Pilate's question, the answer is no. I'm not trying to set up a a kingdom and overthrow Rome. If it was the question of the religious leaders, the answer is yes, I'm the Messiah, and I'm the king of Israel. We look next, John 18 35. Pilate says, Retorts, am I a Jew? In other words, why are you talking to me like this? Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. This is their accusation, not mine. Why? What have you done? For what reason? Did they bring you here? Although we know that Pilate suspicioned or even knew that the religious leaders arrested Jesus out of envy. Matthew 27, 18, Mark 15, 10. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. So he knew it was the Jews at fault. Jesus allowed himself to be arrested. Remember he told Peter, put away your sword. He healed the ear that Peter cut off. And one of the servants, the priest's servants, but my kingdom is not of this world. Folks, why do we keep trying to make Jesus' kingdom of this world? Why do we keep saying, well, if, if Jesus is king, then my, my life ought to be easy. I ought not have problems, I ought to never face illness, unemployment, any of these things. And yet here he says, no, my kingdom's not of this world. He says in John 16, 33, in this world you'll have trouble. But but understand this. Jesus kingdom is invisible, but it's real. And it's composed of born again people who are different, who have convictions, whose sins have been forgiven. We compose the strongest kingdom in this country. So why are we so afraid? Why do you think there's so much opposition against Christian teaching, Christian positions, Christian, you know, because we're the force that a liberal mind can't understand why we're so committed to a certain way of believing and a certain way of living. And while we have these convictions, then we're not swayed. And we won't accept the culture's Abuse of the Bible. Do you all know this? We are the strongest force in this country, the kingdom of God. Pilate said, "So you are a king." He repeated the question. And Jesus responded, "You say I'm a king, actually," now explains his purpose. I was born and came into the world from heaven to testify to the truth. In other words, he came and he told us the meaning and the purpose for our lives. He told us how to have a relationship with our creator. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Revealing skepticism, confusion, spiritual ignorance. But see, as believers, we know truth. We, We recognize what is true because we know Jesus Christ, and He is the truth. And also the way and the life. And he is the only access to the Father. John 14, 6. And he continued at verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. You are truly. No, I mean John 8. I'm sorry. John 8. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you know the truth? You're not going to be affirmed by this culture. Does everybody, everybody understand that? So you have to find your contentment in knowing the truth who is Christ. And then you're free from temptation. You're free from manipulation. You're free from seduction. You're free from deception. You're free from confusion. You're free from aimless living because you know what is true. So you know how to live. Turn off that TV, for goodness sakes. You know truth. Let God lead you. And we will always live According to what we believe to be true. I've told you this over and over. I hope, you, I hope you can get it. Look at your life. If you described your life of the last week. Detailed everything you did. Everything you thought. That reveals what you believe is true. Because we always and only do what we believe to be true that doesn't mean what we say is true what we believe to be true you follow me on this so look at your behavior that tells you what you think is truth melvin they get is that crowd getting this back there And especially as our culture drifts away, we have to be people of truth. We have to be people of conviction. We have to be people of integrity as the culture drifts away from us and will not offer us support. We live by what we know to be true about God, about ourselves, about other people, about this world. So what's the source of your beliefs? Is your truth derived from God's word and God's spirit? Or is it from this world? This culture. The kingdom of God is is reflected in my life. See, when I've been born again by the Holy Spirit through the truth of Christ... I become a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20, who is temporarily residing on earth. For believers, the kingdom of God is already here. Luke 17.20 and 21 say, uses two different words, the kingdom of God is among you. I'm going to tell you what, the kingdom of God is right here in this room. And the kingdom of God is within you. And so some of us say, oh, I'm weak, I'm afraid, I I can't do this. You possess the kingdom of God. What are you saying? Who are you fearful of? Don't fear men and women who can destroy your body and can't touch your soul. Fear only God who determines eternity for your soul. Boy, what would we look like if we really believed that? I'm going to tell you what, a few folks would take notice of us. And this kingdom of God that's within you and among you is revealing truth, is supplying discernment, is providing direction. All who believe in Christ are already living in the kingdom of God and living under the rule of Jesus, led by the guidance of the Spirit. And kingdom citizenship is our greatest influence. Kingdom citizenship is our primary identity. Not our skin color, not our race, not our ethnicity, not our political party affiliation, not our social views, not even our national heritage. I'm a, I, I, I sent in my, my spit to Ancestry. Any of y'all ever do that? Yes. Ancestry is interested in your spit. Yeah. But they keep coming back and telling me something different about myself. But, but, that's, but you know what? Which European islands I came from is not my primary influence. Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. And outwardly we look like everybody on earth, but we are not the same. We are not the same. And I'm going to tell you what, two of us in this room that don't look much alike outwardly, Couldn't be more like. Amen. There might be somebody that looks like me by complexion, hair color, eye color, and doesn't and isn't a citizen of the kingdom of God. He's not anything like me. We have a king, not a tyrannical dictator, not a despot, but a king. Who is a loving shepherd. And his name is Jesus. And we do the king's biddings, we carry out the king's commands, we undertake his assignments. We gather with other kingdom citizens in this church, the collected body of our king. To worship and serve our sovereign. I want to tell you. I'm thankful you've come home. And those of you at home. Put down the coffee. Get out of your pajamas. Come back and join with the kingdom of God right here. I don't care. I don't care if you wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. I don't care if you wrap a blanket around yourself. It's, it's, I'm not going to argue about all that. I'm going to say. Fear God more than you fear catching an illness. Amen. Let's get back with God's people and let's be a force in this culture. I'm going to tell you what, this, our culture needs us and needs us functioning. We need some, some people with some integrity and some conviction. And we've, we've lost our influence by being separated and hiding away for fear of catching an illness. Now, I'm not minimizing. I know some people have died. People always die of of different illnesses. You know what? Got to be careful if you're over 60. Uh Uh-oh. Got to be careful if you have a morbidity like diabetes. Uh Uh-oh. But I'm going to tell you this. I'd rather die serving God than hold up in a corner where I won't get sick. There are worse things. Especially now when I have a grandson who I can see how thin, how fragile life is. I'm going to use what's left to serve God. We experience his fullness by joining an intimate fellowship with other people. See, I can't have all of God. I I hear God's voice pretty well, but I can't have all of God by myself. Did you know that? See, see the God. I'm the God. The part of God I know well isn't the same as the part of God Ron knows well, and so I get something from him. He gets something from me, and I, I'm missing some of you. That, that you're not bringing your part of God in here. Now, I don't mean God's spirit isn't here. But God's spirit is here, but we have a different experiences of God, and we have different spiritual gifts. And it's only together that we have all the gifts we need. It's only together. And so we experience his fullness as we join in intimate fellowship with others and we share the common responsibility of reconciling people to God. You've got a great, great task. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. We are Christ's ambassadors. We represent him. God's making his appeal through us. Is God making his appeal through you? We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And I'm going to say this. Again, y'all could be mad with me or whatever, but don't send an email because I'm not going to listen to you got to, you've got a calling that didn't stop when the coronavirus hit. We've lost a year. We've got people that need to know God and you are the message conveyor. Now might be a good time, you know? People are less afraid. People, you know, the numbers are, are going down. But here's the thing. Don't, don't be so afraid of catching something from a person that you avoid them we've got to go get them we need to bring the people out of their pajamas or bring them in their pajamas it won't bother me we just don't want any of those we don't want those (laughs) Robert where you been man I ain't been able to preach without you here Robert said we don't want any sexy ones Malvin, you hear that over there? You telling that bunch over there? Come in your pajamas if you want. But get the footy kinds. Don't come in that. We don't want that. But come back to God. Kingdom living includes all of us calling others to be made right with God by faith. Don't, don't ever get far from this right here. Matthew 28, your, your assignment. God came and told disciples, I am the king. That's what he's saying. I'm the king over heaven. I'm the king over earth. Now go and make disciples. Make them in Simpsonville and Fountain Inn and make them up there in Greenville and over in Inman, down in Lawrence. And be sure of this, you won't be doing it alone. You won't be doing it alone. Because I'll never leave you. But it's, it's time to fulfill Jesus' great commission. And now's the time. People do feel separation. They feel some loneliness. And you know what? Having a year to think about yourself usually doesn't yield a positive result. People need some relationships. They need a relationship with you. They need a relationship with God mostly. The good thing, here's the good thing. The good thing is that some distractions have dropped. If they hadn't just jumped into TV the whole time. But, but, but some of the distractions are moved. And I'll tell you another thing. I've heard research. Some families are healthier. Because the children have been closer to their parents. But people see what's missing. So bring them with you. Bring somebody with them. With you. Easter. Everybody's a little bit more open at Easter, I think. Easter and Christmas, let's take advantage of that. The kingdom of God is also revealed fully at His return. I told you, kingdom of God is invisible. It has an invisible ruler. It's visible through us. But one day, Jesus will return visibly Undeniably witnessed by all. Mark 13 says, everyone will see him coming on clouds with great power and glory. And and when he comes, some will rejoice and others will regret. But none will refuse to recognize what's happening. Because every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 1 Timothy 6.15 At just the right time. It might be today. Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and almighty God the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you ready? Are you eager? Have you been busy about your assignments? If not, get busy. Get busy. Ushers will be here. They'll be here to pray with you, to talk with you. They'll also be in the care connection room. They'll have oil to anoint you for healing. Those of you who are part of the online congregation, you can leave us a prayer request. Push the button there. And we will pray. And uh, Josh, can they dialogue with someone if they leave a prayer request? What's that? Can they dial? That mass doesn't let you hear. can can, can, can they dialogue with someone if they leave a prayer request we can can reach out to them you'll reach out to them hey y'all let's get moving it's time to wake up it's time to serve the Lord Father we thank you Lord help us fear nothing but you and help us to desire to serve our great King in Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our memory verse is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. At Brookwood Church, we want to help you pursue a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience a transformed life. One way you can do this is by getting connected at Brookwood. Please email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call 864-688-8326 to speak to someone on our Connections team. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. And thanks for listening. Have a great week.